Hi guys, before we get started with this week's episode, we just have a little bit of news for you. Oh yes. We do. The news is that we now have a dedicated section on the official Manchester United app just for our podcast. Maisad Garnet, loving it? Yes, loving it. We know what you're thinking. Why should I move my favourite podcast app all the way over to a new app? Well, two reasons. Reason one is that you will get the podcast a whole 24 hours earlier. I think that's a really good reason. That's 24 hours earlier than everywhere else. And you can be first in line to hear every new episode. Yeah, and reason number two is it allows us to bring you so much more than just the episode. So if we talk about goals, you'll be able to see the goals within the app and you'll also see associated articles and something a lot of people have requested. You'll be able to watch more episodes of the podcast all in one place which to me seems sensational Mm -hmm. but if you're not convinced and want to stay where you are that's fine too we'll still bring you our pods right here every week as usual right here right now but also if you're on the app you won't have to sit through us telling you all this every time that's good yeah because this is going to get repeated if you're listening on something else but not on the app Uh, anyway that's it the official manchester United app now has a podcast section loads going on in there check it out now on with this episode download the app header and what a save from Heaton oh outstanding Jesse Lingard couldn't have met that any better and Heaton brilliant well we said early on in the game how well the goalkeepers played Stuart and when they play well at the start they usually have a blinder here that is an incredible save chance to strike it towards goal somehow it's stopped at the near post I'm now at a loss as to how this the ball is actually staying out of the Burnley goal he saved it with his outstretched right arm and it has to go down as an absolutely fabulous save from Tommy and it really does Welcome to the United Podcast how's everyone doing? All good Helen? Fine thank you Nice. Good week, everyone. Yeah. Great weekend, yeah. Excited about today's guest. Helen, you know you know Tom pretty well, right? Yes, our children have been going to nursery together since they were one. Didn't know him before that, but obviously Johnny did. Mm-hmm. They came through the youth system together. Uh, and we did record this podcast earlier in the summer. We did this quite quickly after he signed, and it's the first time I've actually been useful. I sent a message on Twitter as soon as he signed saying, this will make a great podcast. And he was like, yes, I'll do it. Yes, that's your first booking. It is. How many episodes have we done, Task? Uh, well, there you go. Yeah. It's better Eventually. than none. Better than none. Well done, Sam. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes, so this one was recorded a couple of months ago. I think he'd only been at the club for a week, yeah. two weeks. Yeah, something like that. So still all settling Pre-season, in. Pre-season, wasn't it? Settling in. Mm-hmm. And to come back to the club where he grew up through the system is incredible. Maisie, do you remember him? I do, yeah. I remember him as a young whippersnapper, yeah. He'd have been probably first year pro. Oh, yeah, first year pro. So I didn't really spend a lot of time with him, but what I did know and notice about him was how good a goalkeeper he was, even at that early age. Not the tallest, but his agility was incredible. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you say, you know, it's full circle, really. There's he's something really his... romantic about that, isn't there, yeah. as a fan? Yeah, you know, he's, he's, gone, he's gone away. He's played at numerous clubs and done ever so well. And now he's back at the Theatre of Dreams finishing off his career. So fair play to him because uh, not many players do it. Ronaldo, Pogba, Tom mm-hmm. Heaton. He's in, yeah. he's in a good esteem there. He is. We he sign is. FC. Should we get into it? Let's Here he it. is. On Zoom. Yeah, must add. On Zoom. On yeah. Zoom, back on, yes. Zoom. Yes. on Zoom. Here he is on Zoom. Tom Heaton. Tom Heaton, welcome to the United podcast. Welcome back to United. How does it feel? Yeah, it feels great. Thanks. It's... Um, it's great to be back. Obviously, it's been 11 years since I left the club, so um, to walk back through the door has been a, been a great feeling uh, and hit the ground running this week with training. So, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a great little, uh, little few weeks. 
And how's it been back with the guys? Has it been a real buzz this week? Have you been excited? How much have you been looking forward to this moment? Yeah, a lot, actually. I think... um... Obviously, quite a lot of the staff uh, are the same, uh, which has been which has been fantastic. Uh, I know quite a few of the players, so I didn't quite get that first day at school edginess to it. But I, you know, of course, I had mega excitement. I think probably the familiar for surroundings uh, made that easier. So yeah, it's been uh, it's been quite easy to settle in. It took me about fifteen minutes to to feel back at home uh, <laughs> and feel like I'd never been away. So yeah, it's been uh, it's been great. Thanks. Has anything changed much since eleven years ago at the training ground? Yeah, there's there's obviously there's obviously a few different people about. I think there's been a fair bit of change in, in that time. Um, the club's obviously grown. You know, it's grown in in, in sort of uh, stature, the amount of people, the different departments. I think football's gone that way, but the core's still there. You know, you still got the blueprint of what it's all about. Uh, I think the manager spoke about trying to bring that back, really bring that feel back of the sort of era when I left to to bring that. So to today's uh, today's environment with the obvious obvious add-ons that that football requires these days. Um, and I can sense that, you know, you can sense it moving back towards it. Um, so to be part of that process is, is going to be great. And of course, Ollie was your manager in the reserves, wasn't he? All that time ago. He was. Did he just phone you and say, do you want to come back? Or how, how did this happen? It wasn't quite as simple as that. I mean, I did, I did speak to him in the time where I knew it, I knew it was looking like a possibility. Um, but yes, he was. He was my, uh, he was my reserve team manager. Um many moons ago I actually played with him as well when, when I was sort of early on full time as a sort of first year second year YT and, and when I signed pro um, so I've obviously got a fantastic relationship with him I think um, you know he was, an, he was an incredible professional obviously an incredible player um, very very su- successful for this football club understands what it's all about so for him to to be at the helm um, it, it is brilliant really so and, and me having that relationship with him um, I understood where he wanted to take when he wants to take the club uh, how he sees me being part of that. Um, so yeah, I mean, w- w- once it, it came about, um, it was it was pretty straightforward for me. It, it felt right. Born in Chester. What did your child look like, mate? Any good? Was actually, yeah. I think um, I think like like any any player will tell you now. There's obviously sacrifices to be made. Um, yeah. You know, I I signed for the club as an 11 year old, uh, growing up in Chester. You know, hour hour away really from from the cliff and Littleton Road uh, in Salford, where where we did a lot of training. You know, you're talking four or five times a week, and it's a it, it's massive impact on on the family at home, mum, dad, sister. But again, it, it it I look back and it was just brilliant. You know, for me, yes, there was sacrifices in terms of you're probably not doing what what other kids are doing at that age, but I wouldn't change any of it. You know, I had some no. amazing experiences traveling the world. And one of the key things of this football club for me was they were they were always working on the people. It wasn't just trying to trying to develop footballers. You know, it was it was the personalities. And I think the era that I that I came up through here. Whenever you come across a player that came up through the academy, the school of excellence, there's a real sort of bond because they they, they tend to have good values as people. And I think that's one of the things that the football club in, in, in installed in people. I certainly felt that way. But yeah, of course, it, you know. The, it, I remember sort of getting picked up when when my dad was working and mum was working. He he worked for a parcel company. Get the drivers to pick me up from home, drop me off at the depot in Trafford Park. He'd then get to the depot, bring me into training in Salford. And you're talking, you know, four or five times a week. So it's, it is a massive, uh, you know, a massive commitment. Um, but for me, looking back, uh, even even the time just spent travelling with my dad in the car. You know, you're talking two hours, one hour there, one hour back, five times a week 
him and I have got such a close relationship even to yeah. this day. Um, you know, he rarely misses a game. So yeah, so many fond memories looking back. I could I could give you examples all day, really. Um, it, was, it was a different sort of childhood, but yeah. Have you always been a keeper, Tom? I played outfield um, for Wrexham, um, centre midfield. I'm, I'm a closet centre forward, but generally I, w- I was better with the gloves on. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, 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 as soon as I signed, how did that how did that opportunity come about being a goalie then? Because you're not the, you're not really the tallest the tallest keepers, are you? No, no, I'm not. Um, Alright, right, I'm just you know. <laughs> no, he's doing a few digs in early doors. Absolutely, isn't he? I don't like it, mate. Absolutely. Hitting no. <laughs> <laughs> Marley's down, hey? <laughs> not, not notoriously tall yourself, Daisy. No, no, but well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think I was just better with the gloves on. You know, I think. Um, I sort of had a, a bit of a knack for it. I went in goal. I think it was actually Cub, Cub Scout football and it sort of developed from there, really. I went to play for a few teams in goal. Um, but no, I mean, it, in, you might find it interesting, but one of those, one of the features for me was, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not a Donald Rummer style, two metres tall sort of goalkeeper, yeah. but I always knew that. So I knew, I knew I had to find a way around it. You know, I, I did an awful lot of work in the gym when I was here in this building um, to make sure I was powerful to you know, make sure I was faster than, or try and be mm-hmm. faster than everyone else and be more powerful with a jump. You know, there's always ways around the, the obstacles yeah. that are put in front of you. Where did the love of football come from? Was that from your dad? And who did you support as a child? Yeah, look, I, I'm not sure, to be honest, I'm not sure where it came from. I, I, I always loved it. You know, I, uh, I remember my head teacher when I was in primary school, sort of standing at the front assembly, sort of, give me a little bit of grief about going to bed with my football boots. You know, I must've been six, seven at the time. So I obviously, I obviously had a massive attachment from it early on. I remember sort of knocking about with the older lads in the, in the village I grew up in that were sort of trying to tell me as you get older, yeah, football becomes less important. I remember going to bed and hardly sleeping that night, you know, the sort of fear that I wouldn't like it anymore, wouldn't enjoy it. So no, it, it, it's always been been quite innate really in the fact that how much I, uh, how much I love it. My dad was semi-pro uh, footballer. Um, quite a good sportsman, really. My mum, exactly the same, big into tennis. They were both PE teachers um, before he worked for the parcel company for both 20-odd years. So I think there was probably a sporting background mm. in there. But for me, it was always about football. But I'm, 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 I'm not that sure where it developed, if I'm honest. What was your team and who were the players you idolised? I mean, signing at United at 11, before that, I was... I was uh, I didn't really, I hadn't really nailed down a team to be honest. You're, you're allowed to say it's okay. No, no, I literally, I hadn't. I, I was pretty, I was pretty flexible with it. I think, um, I think, but the moment I set, I walked through the doors at Littleton Road. I remember my trial. You sort of taken with the place, um, and over those next couple of years, you know, seeing it. I remember seeing the odd first team player coming in and out of the training ground. You catch a glimpse of it and the excitement that it brings. So yeah, but since that day, really, I've, I've been a red through and through. And it's always been the, even when I've gone away from the place, it's always been the first result you look for. It's funny how it never goes away. I was going to ask you about that because we spoke to Lee Grant and he told us that as a player growing up, like he didn't go and tell everybody about it, but that like as a kid, he was a huge United fan. But he said, once you start having your own career and you're playing for your own clubs, you stop worrying about things like that so much. But for you, who already had that connection in the first place, did you find you watched United games or looked for the results or was it more of a case of I've got my own game to focus on? It doesn't really matter what everyone else is doing. I mean, there's always there's always the focus of wherever you are and, and maximising that. Really, of course, that that becomes a priority when you when you go away. But I think you know, as I say, that the attachment to the, to the club, 
you know, when I'm on the bus on the way back, the first result you look for is, is the United result. It, it just, it just doesn't, it never goes away. Um, you know, I think that's just how I see it. I mean, it's not, you know, I wouldn't be sort of, uh, I wouldn't be checking it before the team that I was playing for, of course, you know, you, uh, that becomes the priority, but it's sort of, it's always been uh, under the surface, just under the light, boiling under the surface, I think. So joined United at age 11, worked your way up through uh, the youth teams. Tell us about the FA Youth Cup team that you were part of. Who was in that squad at the time for anybody at home who isn't aware of that? Uh, yeah, I think uh, when I was uh, first year YT, so the, it was under 18, so the year above was the actual actual year that went to win it. I was on the bench, unfortunately. Uh, a little bit frustrating. Luke Steele was in that team, played really well. Actually, you know, I think the signing from Peterborough did really well. Uh, Paul McShane, who I still have a good relationship with now, um, gone on to have a, a great career. David Jones, still, a, still a, a close friend of mine. I think he was captain of the Youth Cup team. Um, Kim Richardson, of course, who obviously made a lot of appearances. You know, the, the numerous players, really. Uh, and just as I was thinking there, you know, it's funny how that success and that team and the, and the close bonds you, you get still still speak to plenty of those players and still have that good relationship. Um, and it was a really exciting time, actually, you know, bringing that success to, to the club and the youth club, the, the history the club's got with it. Yeah, but many fond memories, despite not, not, not being on the pitch particularly, but being part of it. Tom, do you remember your first encounter with Sir Alex Ferguson? Um, not in, my very first not encounter is there like him having a go at you, but like <laughs> first seeing because I'm yeah. sure you had the air dryer off him. Yeah, I have had a couple of those. I think um, I remember that one of the first ones when I'd started full time. I mean, I'm sure I'd come across him uh, previously uh, before I'd started full time. So now, when you leave school under 16s, you t- as soon as you get onto 17, you were, you were turn full time. Um, and I remember me and Paul McShane were walking up the corridor, coming up the stairs <laughs> and sort of wet between the ears. It was like one of our first days. And I'm, I'm sure Paul said to him, morning, Alec. As he told you that yeah. story, has he? Oh, and I was stood next to him at the time. Honestly, it was brilliant. I, like, we, did, we didn't know, you know what I mean? I'm glad Paul said it, not me. Um, but he made, it, he made it pretty clear. I think, I think he asked him if he went to school with him um, or something along those lines. Uh, no, no. He said, "Well, it's not, it's not Alex to you, son." <laughs> um, so yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a, that. I remember that clear as day because it sort of hit home about how it stands in the building. So yeah, it was, uh, it was good. That. When was the first time you were on the receiving end? I have a vague recollection of uh, in the youth team. We were, I think, we were messing about a little bit. We were, we were pushing the boundaries a little bit behaviour-wise, and he, I think, they brought him into to put the fear of God in us really, um, which is exactly how it worked. You know, when, when, when the sort of youth team staff at the time brought him in, I remember we were sat in a, in a room upstairs all together. We didn't know what was happening. We just knew we were, they were on our case for, for misbehaving a little bit, Not, nothing too serious, but you know, it was just a, it was just a straightener for the lads. Um, but yeah, rest assured there wasn't too much misbehaving for the next few weeks after that. It was, uh, it was an interesting moment and it, and it uh, brought home, you know, the authority really that he has and, and the line of it. So when you got to 18, is that the first time that you went out on loan with the club? You went to Swindon, is that correct? Yeah, I went at 19 actually. I think, um, yeah, I did one year YT, signed pro at 17, uh, stayed at the club that year. And then in my sort of second year pro, which would have been third year YT, I went out to Swindon. Um, did you want to go on loan at that time? Were you? Yeah, it was the right time to go and get some experience. Uh 
there, there was an interesting decision to make because I, th I think it was the under 19s European Championships with England that I was in the squad with but it was a, it was a difficult time really there was a sort of a three or four week period over the tournament that it was the last two weeks of pre-season the first two weeks of the tournament and it, it was making the loan a little bit difficult in terms of you know they needed me down there for you know the last week of pre-season they're preparing for the season yeah. they got first two games two or three games I wanted to go and get my first rung on the ladder and, and get that practical experience so I ended up pulling out of the under-19 squad a few days before we were due to meet up which didn't go down great, if I'm honest. Um, but I felt it was the decision to, to be to be made because uh, I thought it was my future and, and my building block, mm -hmm. and I thought I was going to be better off going to get that that real football experience. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it was it was a it was a difficult one to swallow that one, just in terms of the, the fact. Did that you speak to anyone for like a little bit of advice? Did you go to see the gaffer, or did the gaffer encourage you to do that, or? Um, in fairness, they were, I didn't speak to the manager. I spoke to uh, Tony Coton. Yeah. Um, I spoke to spoke to TC. I spoke to Rich Sartis, who was the goalkeeper, mm -hmm. the, uh, coach at the club. Obviously, went on to to following TC's uh, place, and um, I spoke to a few people around the building. I think they could understand where I was coming from, but I have to say, it was actually my decision. Yeah. They, they were flexible with it, but the, you know, the the people at the FA, right, rightly so, because I'd, I'd left them in the lurch a little bit. I mean, I, I spoke to them directly. I tried to do it properly, but of course, it, it didn't go down great. It was an interesting one for a few years after, really. And I was never totally convinced it was the right decision. I was a little bit edgy with it, but I think looking back now, I think I'd probably make the same decision again. It was an awkward one. Absolutely. Um, Helen and Maisie, if you have a quick look in uh, our podcast WhatsApp group, Tasker's just sent a lovely picture of Tom when he's a he's probably about the age that we're talking about here with Sir Alex in front of a big map of the world wearing a lovely United tie. And it's, I mean, you look less excited than Sir Alex does. If I hold it up, you might yeah. be able to see it. Yeah. That's nerves, that. Yeah. That's nerves, yeah. yeah. It's a lot scary going in there than going out on the pitch, I can promise you okay. that. It's, um, yeah, I think that was when I'd signed, I think that was when I was 17, actually. I'd signed my uh, first pro contract, a ma massive moment for any player. You know, he, he got me down there. I was actually late, believe it or not. Um, we'd had a we'd had a, a, a youth team game in the morning, um, a away game, I think, somewhere, sort of Wigan way, I think. And yeah, really pushed for time. It was actually on a match day that, so obviously he had a lot to do. So um, yeah, it was all a bit all a bit flustered. Tom, just tell us about that moment when you realised that you're going to sign pro forms for United. How did you find out? Was it like you had to line up outside the gaffer's office or um, get called up one by one? A little bit, but it, I actually, it was when I first signed my YT. So we, um, we were under 16 at the time where they were telling people whether they were getting kept on or not getting kept on uh, and then offering you the deal that, to stay so we were actually at the cliff I remember it was a I think it was a midweek night and Les Kershaw I think it was yeah. at the time go and see Les uh, and see you know where the club were at if you, if you were staying uh, and on what terms and I remember it being a brilliant night personally but also not the easiest of night and some lads weren't getting kept on lads that you spent a lot of time with yeah. some lads were maybe getting one year YT which uh, I think they were hoping for more and, and, and different things but I knew that that at that moment that I was going to sign a one-year YT and a, and a, and a second a second year pro uh, and a third two-year sort of pro from after that, um, which was brilliant for me at the time. Yeah. You know, it, it showed a, a, where they saw me and, and, and where they saw the future. Um, so yeah, it was, a, it was a brilliant moment, but tinged with a little bit of, you know, not everyone felt the same that night because mm -hmm. we were all sort of in it together. It was, it was, it was difficult, you know, not, not an easy moment for anyone going through that. It's, it's tough. Do you think it's harder for a goalkeeper going through that 
experience and going through the academies and stuff in football because there's such a small amount of you and only one of you is going to play. Whereas if you say like you might have a left back, but they might go, oh, we can keep him because also he can play centre back or we could play him left wing. And you are, you may maybe offer a bit more as a player. Whereas as a goalkeeper, it's yeah. just, this is it. This is all you offer. You're going to, you're going to be good or you're not. Like I have to be number one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's exactly right. I think um, it's been a, been a feature for me through the career really, to go and chase the play. And I think, you know, it's not like you're going to come on for the last 20 minutes and, and be that impact player, maybe yeah. maybe score a goal or whatever and give yourself a chance to start in the next week. Um, it tends to be in goal. Once you're in, you're either having a real sticky spell and coming out or you're getting injured or suspended and you're coming out. Um, so you've really got to go and earn that number one shirt, I think. Um, looking back on my career, it's probably a reason why I've moved around a fair bit is to go and make sure I'm getting those minutes on the pitch. You know, a big moment for me was 2008 in the, in the, in the Champions League. You know, I travelled in the 24-man squad at Man United, the Champions League final, but not making the bench, uh, which I wasn't expecting to at the time. Don't get me wrong, I, was, I wasn't particularly old and, and that, was the, that was the order. But it hit home to me that night, you know, seeing everyone celebrate, you know, just won the Champions League, rightly so. But it just, just felt something was missing for me. Mm. You know, I, the driver for me was always being on the pitch and, and and being part of it, a big part of it that way. Uh, so that's that sort of that's yeah, that's been a feature for me. I've always tried to go in and, and make sure I was out there on the pitch wherever I was, uh, and if not, find a, find a way around it and either try and work to get in the team or, or move on to somewhere else. So um, yeah, it's a difficult one in goal. You have to be you have to be willing to do that because you don't get perhaps the opportunities that other positions get. Did. You- Feel like you were close to a first team position? No, I don't think so. No, I mean, if I'm if I'm totally honest with it, I think um, I've been I've been looking back now. Um, you know, I don't I don't I don't think it's an ability issue. If I'm if I'm being honest, I think it was just a practical experience. You know, I think I left at 24 with seven or seven, I think, loan spells behind me, but it wasn't enough. You know, it wasn't enough of under the lights being able to cope with with being a Manchester United number one, being a goalkeeper. Whereas going away and having that experience um, and understanding how to do it, you, you learn you yeah. learn pretty quickly. And, and, and goalkeeping is difficult. You know, there's no there's no substitute for that. Really, it's a different sort of position. You have to be ready to handle it. You have to be ready to deal with it. You have to have that personality, that resilience. Um, whereas at the, compared to where I am now and, and how I feel and how comfortable I am and securing what I am and how I go about things at the time I didn't have that you know I probably had probably had enough ability I, I would say but not the not the practical experience and at this level you get found out so there's a definite difference to to now and over the last few years to, to when I left the club certainly what was your thought process when you decided to leave because as you talk about experience and I suppose in, in front of you for a lot of that time you're looking at Edwin van der Sar and obviously one of the most experienced gifted goalkeepers perhaps of all time and it's reasonable to think probably not immediately going to jump in front of Edwin, but also everyone knew at some point he was going to hang his gloves up. So for you, how hard was it to go, this isn't going to be where I'm going to play? Yeah, not that difficult, to be honest. I think with the foresight, I looked at I looked at my experience card uh, and then you look at Manchester United and they require the best. You know, they require someone to come in there and be right. And I think I needed to go and go and do something um, elsewhere and, and earn that really. Um, you know, I, I had a brilliant relationship with Edwin. Um, I still speak to him every now and get, now and then now. I, I learned so much from him. Uh, he, he was an incredible goalkeeper, incredible professional. Um, and I really enjoyed how he played. You know, he spread composure through the team. But I think for me, if I'm, if I'm totally honest with it, I'd have probably left a little bit earlier 
um, than 24 in the fact that I knew I probably needed to go and challenge myself elsewhere, go and take, as I've already spoke about, take those practical challenges on. I imagine a little bit frustrating for the football club that they put all those years into me, but on a personal note, it was the, it was the right decision. Were you surprised then, because you talk about that experience, that the club went for David De Gea, who of course was a young goalkeeper who obviously played for Atletico Madrid, which is a very big club, but still hadn't had loads of experience? Um, no, I don't think I was surprised in the fact that he'd played at a really high level and done really well. So it was di- it was different to, to my uh, my journey. And, and, and exactly that, really. I think everyone has a different journey. I can only speak about my own, obviously... David's come in and been, you know, am I right in thinking it's his tenth year this year? You know, and he's been he's been absolutely incredible. To be fair to him, you know, I think he's as he won Player of the Year six out of those ten years. You know, he's certainly been been one of the best goalkeepers in the world, if not the best mm-hmm. goalkeeper in in the world. Certainly in, in good portions of those years. So the the decision's justified. Um, he, he probably, I think, it probably fair to say that he took a little bit of adjusting to it early on. You know, I think that's the nature of this football club. But he took to it in, incredibly well. Um, but I just think it's a, it's another reminder. I mean, I'm only talking about my story in terms of my journey, how I felt uh, and where I've gone with it. But everyone's different. Yeah. You know, you you think back to Casillas at 18, playing in the Champions League final, coming on, doing well. And that just gave him the foundation to go and do it. You know, each person, each person's um, journey is different. Sounds like being a keeper is semi-isolating. Yeah, Yes, in many respects, it's an individual sport. Um, of course, you're part of that team, but it, it can be a lonely place at times. And that's why I think you need to have that that sort of strength of character really to uh, to be ready to deal with anything. You know, the chances, not the chances are, if you're playing goal for a period of time, you will be at fault and cost the team in some degree. So it, it's being able to deal with that, cope with that uh, and and still maybe perform and, and not fear it. And I think that's the key. Maisie always says every time we have a goalkeeper on, the goalkeepers are weird. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds right for Maisie, that sounds right. Like... <laughs> Truth hurts, pal. Truth hurts. Yeah. There's something between your ears that just doesn't cope yeah. with anyone else. I try and hide That's it well, it. to be fair. Yeah. I do try and hide it well. But yeah, people who know me I totally agree with you, I think, Maisie. Like... You, you, had, you had a long spell at Cardiff, and then obviously you, you, your career came to an end at United, and then you went back to Cardiff for a second yeah. for a second time, and then. David Marshall gets injured and then you become the number one. Yeah, it was, um, again, another sort of interesting period. I mean, the first, I signed there uh, on loan, had a good season, came back, went went somewhere else and ended up signing there permanently for two years. Uh, first year was good, you know, played quite a few league games, struggled with a, with a couple of injuries at the back end of the first season. Uh, they signed Marshy that year yeah. uh, when new manager came in, as football happens, Malky Mackay. He, he brought Marshy in he was his uh, did he bring him in no I think he just made him clear to be his number one I think he was already there actually um, but uh, the only sort of only played two league games that, that second year but the saving grace for me was with a, with a really good cup when we went to, to the league cup final against Liverpool at Wembley which was a was a great moment for me playing at that uh, in, in that stadium and, and at that level in the final um, and, had a, and had, a, had a decent game to be fair and I think I was very thankful despite not being the number one in the league team that Malky kept me in the team which looking back now was a big decision, mm. you know. I think if for Cardiff City, a Championship team at the time, and and playing against Liverpool, to not play what in his head what his strongest team is because I wasn't playing in the league, 
but to keep me in the team was a massive moment for me and I was very, very grateful for that. And it gave me a little bit of a platform to, to kick on again. You know, the contract came to an end again, I had an opportunity to stay, but having not played in the league that season, it was right to leave. But again, look back with real fond memories and, and look back to that decision he made that day. Big call and I'm very grateful for it. And then you were in the uh, team, the young player of the season, right? <laughs> yeah, I was actually. I was one of those years. I can't yeah, remember 2010, which one it was. 2010, 2011, which was what? That was your first... Was I, think that was a, I think that was the first year. Yeah, actually. away yeah, from I your, think, your yeah, first, first proper year. year, having left United. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, I mean, I, that's the year I was the number one. I had a couple of injuries, but I, I, you know, I, was, I was pleased with the performances, but I was laughing because I'll never forget. I think I was 23 at the time, but I was the youngest player in the squad. <laughs> so to get young player of the year, I'll never forget Craig Bellamy giving, laughing, going... Young player of the year. He's twenty three. Yeah, like, I'll never forget it. Like, as, literally, as I'm walking up to get the trophy, oh, brilliant! Right, so, yeah, right time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got the trophy. Oh, move on. Well, yeah, I know. I, I don't get me wrong. I take it, but yeah, I, I, I'll never forget him. Just, just as I was about to, you know, give me speech and that, forgetting it, he's he's cut me knees off. So, how many years in total did you spend at Cardiff before you made the move to Burnley? I had the one on loan uh, and then a, a season in between then I signed permanently for two years um, and then I actually went to Bristol City um, after that for, for one season which was a difficult year in terms of we got relegated and finished bottom of the championship but um, a good one for me in terms of learning you know I actually got player of the year that year but it, we conceded almost 100 goals and I played I think I played 44 out of the 46 games um, but I think one of the things I took from that year is being able to perform when there's a lot of sort of difficulties around really and not getting distracted and focusing on your job. So it was a really good year. Fantastic football club, actually. A real sort of sleeping giant. I think they've made real strides forward in, in, in recent years. But that yeah, that was sort of 12 months at, at Bristol City and then I, signed at, then I signed at Burnley. And what was it about Burnley that, that made you think, yeah, this is the place? Well, the manager, um, he tried to sign me the year before, but there were some difficulties at Watford. And he, and, he, and he said to me, uh, before I signed at Bristol City, he said to me, you know, it's sort of all gone wrong. So, um, but if he gets the opportunity in the future, he'll come and get me, thankfully. 12 months down the line, he came to get me, which was brilliant. You know, and it, it felt right. You know, my, my dad was born in Burnley, so there was a little bit of family history there. Um, it's always been a club that he'd been sort of affiliated with, having watched them as an eight-year-old and what have you, jumping over the terraces. Um, so, yeah, it was just a moment that felt right. You know, I similar to how it feels to me coming coming here now in terms of my history there was something similar there really there was an attachment um and yeah it was it it, it turned out to be six six brilliant years Maisie, you finished at burnley didn't you i did yeah i did great club yeah yeah and i had a great year there fans are fantastic manager was a little bit strange stan turner don't know that you've ever come across him tim but uh, Tom. Uh, a couple of times yeah tim yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that the one you had yeah. the run-in with, Maisie? Yeah, that's when he headbutted me chest. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. I did hear some stories about him, actually. Yeah. yeah. Maisie, or? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Did you feel, Tom, did you feel then at, at that time, obviously, I know you spent six years there, you wouldn't have known you were going to spend six years there, but did that really feel like you've settled yourself in and yeah. obviously playing week in, week out then? Exactly that, I think. Um... Well, well, how old was you but would have been then? Mid twenties, twenty seven. I think, yeah, yeah. perfect. Twenty seven, and that's where that's where really I think up to that point it felt like I was building. Yeah, um, you know, like it felt, felt felt like I was sort of developing up to that point. It never felt settled. Whereas I signed there, and it just felt here we go. You know, I'd got that. I'd got the sort of experience. I'd got enough uh, understanding. I then felt like 
I could output one of what I wanted to output performance wise. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it all, it all came together really and for, for, and for that period. I think with Dykes, Sean Dyche obviously trying to get you the year before at Watford, that falling through, then you knew he was going to yeah. be, you was going to become the number one at Burnley. Yeah. And then it's up to you then, isn't it? Yeah, exactly right. And, uh, yeah. and, and that's exactly how, how it fell, to be honest. You know, we assigned there. Uh, and it helps with the success on the pitch. You know, I think we were third favourites to get relegated out of the championship that year um, and went on to, to finish second in the table um, and obviously get promoted to the Premier League. You know, for me, one of, one of my ambitions was to get back and playing in the Premier League. So, you know, that it all sort of moulds in. There's different facets to it, but the success on the pitch helps. You know, I felt comfortable. It all came together, really. And it was, yeah. And on an international level too, Tom, that was all coming together. Yeah. Well, but just before we jump to yeah. international, you say about it all coming together at Burnley. You made 200 appearances or over, I think. But there's one that I think United fans will remember. When you won, um, you were man of the match in a nil-nil Old Trafford. You made endless saves. Uh, but one which I think you said nearly broke your arm, which was saving <laughs> yeah. uh, like a Zlatan Ibrahimovic volley. Yeah, uh, I obviously remember the game. Um, you know, there was uh, people always ask me, you know, do 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 anything different coming back to Old Trafford? I never did, but it's just the natural... Uh, Again, I keep talking about attachment, but it just brought something else there. You know, mm. I wasn't doing anything different. Same preparation set, same view of the game. But yeah, that day we were, we were on the back foot. I think we had 30, 39 shots against us. Um, lads were in the trenches defending, uh, managed to make a few saves. That one was one of them that you sort of throw something at it and, 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 uh, and, and hope uh, and hope you get something behind it. I'll never forget actually Wan, I haven't mentioned it to him yet. Wan came up to me and I went down, you know, my elbow was hanging off, literally <laughs> hanging off. And Wan came up to me and said, come on now, there's nothing wrong here, is it? And I thought, hang on a minute, mate, you blink, you can't feel me on it. Um, I think he thought I was feigning it to waste time, but I can promise him I wasn't. But yeah, it was obviously, it was obviously a good day personally, yeah, a nil-nil at Old Trafford when we'd been, when we'd been on the back foot for 90 minutes really, um, it was a great day. What was it like coming back playing at Old Trafford? Did you feel as if you own them something or I'll show them yeah I never felt I never felt like I had to prove anything really no. I, I, I haven't seen it like that I didn't feel like um, you know I didn't feel like I was raising my game I think I just enjoyed being there you know it's where I, you know I dreamt of playing at so I get the opportunity to go there even opposition player uh, during that spell you know you go, and, you go and take it on but no I never I never had any sort of there wasn't a sort of a tinge that was sort of taking me a bit further mm. motivation wise you know I didn't it wasn't a proving thing or anything like that it was just just enjoying the, enjoying the performance, really, and, and in front of the, the, the theatre yeah. of James. Yeah. It's, it's incredible, yeah. So um, it's always what I wanted to do. So just every, every opportunity you get, it's, it's brilliant, isn't it? Which is interesting because we have had players that have come through the academy and maybe not made the appearances they would have wanted to for United tell us that actually when they did play against United and they were at Old Trafford, they wanted to show the club what they were missing out on. Yeah, it's again, it's individuals, isn't it? I just haven't seen it like that. Yeah. I just... I just don't look at it like that, and I've I've always been sort of forward thinking in terms of in terms of performing, not really, you know, a point to prove or anything like that. Um, I can understand why people do that, but it's just it's just not me really. That was you nervous? No, nah, not really. Not any different. Did you get, to, nervous, did you get nervous before any games? I think um, I think growing up, and this is where the sort of practical experience comes in, you know, you, you, you have like that excitement, that sort of little bit of anxiety, a mm. little bit of agitation, a little bit of nerves, I think all mixed into that feeling. I think it made me a little bit hesitant, I think, in my early 20s. And I think that's where the, that practical learning helps. You know, I did I did quite a lot of, and still do quite a lot of work with a psychologist, not because I felt I had a problem, just because I felt like it could be better with yeah. it. So I learned quite early on, you know, 
sort of mid twenties to to reframe that energy really to to positivity. You know, is the fact that okay, you know, at some point in goal, it's not going to go to plan. But what do you want to do? Well, you want to go and take the opportunity, embrace the game, mm-hmm. and go and perform well. And 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 I really managed to change the thinking in your mind to that fearful, tentative ooh, to you know what? Let's go and calmly take this on, embrace the game. Uh, and that's been a massive feature. Really. It's probably why I've probably the biggest turning point in me in in, in um, performing sort of later on in my career and finding my feet a little bit as I passed sort of 25, 26. Mm. I'd say that's been a, a, a big factor. Why really is dealing with that that feelings before the game and u- utilizing it in a positive way. Can I just ask you again, Tom? Sorry about England. Yeah. Um. Obviously, it was at 2015. You were called up for the first time to the senior squad. And you played, yeah, obviously, in youth teams before, but what was that moment like for you? Because I know that you're a big, big fan of England, aren't you? Yeah, massive. Yeah, that was, um, <clears throat> yeah, a dream come true, Helen, actually. I think um, I was fortunate to play, you know, 16s, 17s, 18s, 19s, 21s. But there was a big gap between getting in the senior side. You know, there's no... Uh, there's plenty of players that sort of do all that and get to 21s and, and never manage to get to the seniors. Um, so the day that that uh, call came was a, was a brilliant moment. You know, I felt great at the time. I've been performing well. Didn't really see it coming. So it was, a, it, it, yeah, it was fantastic. And I think it lifts you on again. You know, when you you go and train and get involved with the, the best players in the country, you know, it lifts your game on. It shows you, it shows you where the markers are. And yeah, it, it certainly gave me an appetite to, to kick on again and get and get more involved in it. So yeah, that first call up was incredible, and obviously coming on, uh, coming on for your fir- first cap. Not uh, against Republic of Ireland. No, we. I was on the bench against Republic of Ireland. I didn't come on. I came on against Australia. Um, I think that would have been 2016. So you know, sort of 12 months later. Um, you know, we're talking seven minutes at the end of the game, just to get a feel and a run out, two Happy touches, launched, launched it, launched it twice miles. But it just <laughs> a matter. brilliant moment, you know. Yeah, just a brilliant moment that um, you know we ended up winning two one. But to get get across that pitch, that first one was brilliant. You know, the others are great, of course. Starting for England was great in France, but I think that first one's special. You know, when you come on. Um, I remember clapping the fans I was running on but I had a massive I was almost hiding my grin sort of like you know trying not no one see me massive beaming face like I was trying to sort of duck it in ducking behind it but yeah just just a brilliant moment It must have been I guess a mixed feeling being part of the Euros in 2016 because I guess you, you'd you have been so proud and so excited to be there but because of how it finished and the reaction to that I guess did that taint it? Well, yeah, I mean, you can't come away from it. it. Was the, it was a disappointing way to end, a really disappointing way to end. But it was it, up until that game, it was in, it was an incredible experience, you know. And I, I honestly thought, with the players we had, now we were going about, we were going a long way. Um, but football, sport, you just you just never know. Um, it was one of those days for the for for the want of trying, almost trying too much, I think, and, and losing that rhythm a little bit. Couldn't get back into it. Um, but again, you sort of use it as an experience, seeing seeing how that game played out, and then seeing the sort of aftermath, um, which is tough for for a lot of people, and a, and a difficult experience, but one that I'm proud I was part of because I've I've taken a lot from it going forward. But again, it, you know, it, 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 yeah, it was disappointing, massively disappointing to go out at that point. But again, up up till that point, it, it was brilliant. You know, a brilliant experience. Can I just ask you where you watched the final? Yeah, I watched it at home. Watched it at home with my uh, with my uh, your eyes. Yeah, well, no, I was, I was okay. I actually, I, you know, I thought I thought we were going to do it. I think um, 
you know, I thought Jordan Pickford had a had a, had a brilliant tournament. Mm. You know, especially when he he saved Jorginho's penalty. It was uh, it was a big moment, and unfortunately, it just wasn't to be. You know, I thought in the first half England were, were really good. Second half perhaps didn't didn't quite go to plan, and Italy got back into the game. Penalties are a lottery, aren't they? But I thought I thought Pickford saves and Jorginho's penalty with a brilliant save might have been the turning point. But very proud of the team, you know. I think we, uh, I think everyone I've spoken to are it, they've not just the football that how, how well they've done on the pitch. Obviously, didn't quite get there in the end, but how they went about it, you know, the real um, breath of fresh air. Really, sort of seeing the unity of the squad and and, and how the, how they did it and how they stuck together. You know, incredibly impressive and uh, yeah, sort of proud proud to uh, to be English with that. I think it was brilliant. I know you're going to be humble here, but obviously the last few years, in that time you moved to Aston Villa, you did your cruise ship, of course, and then the pandemic. Do you think if it hadn't have been for those circumstances, you still might have been in and around the squad, England squad? Possibly. Yeah, possibly. Um, you know, even going back a touch further in 2017, when uh, I just started for England that summer against France, you know, three games into the season, I, uh, I'd done my shoulder and missed most of the season. So you can always look back and, and give it, ifs and buts Um, I I don't think like that honestly Helen I don't I don't look at things like that it just is what it is I feel great now I think perhaps missing um, large portions of the last sort of four or five years for me the positives are I feel fresh you know I I feel I feel great physical shape you know I got back fit last year after the ACL Obviously, Emmy Martinez at, at Villa was, was on fantastic form and has been ever since. Um, but that gave me a lot of time to, to get myself in, in, in sort of perfect shape, really. And, that, and that's where I'm at at the minute. I feel, uh, I feel massively motivated. I feel massively fresh. And I'm looking forward to taking the challenge on here. And um, I don't have any, any sort of, oh, you know, this could have happened, this could have happened. Just, I just, just looking forward and, uh, and, and feeling good about where we can go. Did you think this could have happened, though? Did you ever... Maybe, I mean, maybe, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's not. It's just not a train of thought. I, I, I sort of open up. Of course, you know, the situation I was in. Yeah, it may well have happened, but it didn't. So, yeah. And now, of course, perfect time. Yeah, everything's now gone full circle. And you mentioned earlier about United being upset about having put all that effort into training you and helping you, and then losing out. But here we are, and it's back paying dividends because you're back at the club. Yeah, that's right, um, and it's feel it feels great. You know, I've uh, I've joined a fantastic goalkeeping department. You know, obviously David and, and Dean been away this summer and, and, and are joining up with the team. Dino's back already. Lee Grant, who I've known for for quite a long time, who's fantastic goalkeeper and a, and a great athlete. And I've enjoyed working with the young boys as well, Nathan Bishop and uh, Matty Kovar, who obviously got great careers ahead of him. I think both those are sort of back where I was um, looking for that experience and, and those route out so no it's uh, it's great to be part of it as ever I've got I've got the uh, the drive to go and to go and compete and, and, and work my way forward and, and, and aim to get in the team you know I wouldn't want it any other way um, of course there's some brilliant goalkeepers here I understand the challenge I'm not I'm not I'm not daft but I'm, I'm here to take it on perfect attitude amazing to ask you about what you remember of Tom like United well, Tom had just come into the just, just into the youth, really. Into I think I left two I left two thousand three, so Tom had just been there. So we we'd, we'd have we'd, I think we'd have played together in the reses or something like that. Yeah, I think we did, major actually. Yeah. But just a young, a young young kid coming in. I always remember Tom, and I'm not blowing smoke up his backside here, but his agility as a as a smaller keeper. I know we, we spoke about earlier on, but the fact that he can get across goal 
quickly. And, he, you know, brilliant with the ball at his feet, very comfortable. And I, I have watched his career over, you know, the last 10, 12 years, and it has been sensational. It really has. Because I remember the times that when you did play for Burnley, you're thinking, Jesus, is he going to start playing the way he played last time? And invariably he does. Brilliant shot stopper, great goalkeeper, absolute fantastic career. And, um, you know, it's great that United have brought you back to push the keepers on and, and for you also to to challenge, you know, getting games as well, because that's what it's about. Cheers, mate. That's uh, that's very kind. I uh, I can tell you what my memory of you is. If you're, yeah, if you're that's what I'm going to ask. Getting dragged into the first team dressing room and making me sing on the table. Oh, man. Well, there you I'll go. Never forget there you it. go. Bru- running the show. Like, really by the signs of it. Yeah. What, what, did he, what did you have to sing? Did he give you a song or oh, did you choose? Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. If there's that much panic going through the system at that moment in time. Ellen, it's, you erase it from your memory. It's like a blackout spot. You know, and, and, and plus, like, as a, young, as a young sort of lad coming in, you know, get, going into that first team dress from him, oh, getting dragged in there <laughs> is one scary experience. They're all sat there around. Everyone's sat down, right? Stand up. What's your name? Where'd he come from? You know, oh, awkward moment, you know. So, yeah, it's... Uh, but again, you know, it's the sort of thing that's gone out of the game. It's one of my things where, for me as a young player coming up, you know, it's a moment where you have to stand up and sort of take it on. It's an awkward, you're out your comfort zone, but it's, it is character building. Yeah. So I think for me, it's something, I get that, you know, you don't want to push it too far, but I think that, you know, that that's why you develop characters and people that can handle it in front of 75,000 for that sort of reason, going through those experiences. So I wouldn't change it. Even though it was uncomfortable, I would not change it. <laughs> so, so the first away game, are you going to be up singing? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I've, I've I've developed a little repertoire over the years. Um, oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, not not great, but just an, just know the words to a few songs. Um, yeah. I thought you'd be like, no, because I've already done it before. Because I was here before, I won't have to. But instead, yeah, no, I've got a repertoire. <laughs> yeah. I've got a set I might, list. I might try it. I've got the house I might band. try it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I might try it. Um, it's just people film it these days and it goes out, doesn't it? You know, so it's never great. You have to sort of make a bit of an effort. Whereas, you know, it's sort of over the years, it usually stays in house. So we'll see. I'll, I'll keep it under my hat till, till, till I have to do it. But yeah, I'll give it a blast. Brilliant. Well, we'll keep an eye on social media because eventually those videos will appear. Uh, Tom, thank you so much for chatting to us. No problem at all. Thanks for having me on. Cheers, Tom. Cheers. Good to see you. Thanks, Tom. See you soon. Bye-bye. Tell you what, he's passionate, isn't he? It must be great to have him around the dressing room. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the big things about players who have come through the academy mm-hmm. as well. And I think Ollie probably knows that. They've yeah. got a great attitude, yeah. great upbringing at the club. And those are the kind of people you want around for yeah. the youngsters. People yeah. who just get it. They understand yeah. that they're going to set a great example. And he's really going to do that. Good ethics. Mm-hmm. Also, like he wants to play, doesn't he? He's not here for a laugh. No, of course. No. He could have probably got in most Premier League clubs, I would, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. But um, no, he wants to finish his, his career here and obviously playing football as well. So I saw snippets of him, didn't we, in a couple of the pre-season games? Yeah, yeah. Still a top keeper. But if it not for injury, you would have thought he would have been the third choice at the Euros. Yeah. I'd, I'd, if, he, if he hadn't been injured, he'd have been number one, I'd, I'd say. You think so? Absolutely. I think he's a great keeper. I think he was kind of on track to do that, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. The 2016... Yeah. Euros I'm talking about is that yeah. what you're talking about no no I think he would have gone in yeah, the, oh, I think right, he would have gone this summer yeah. if, if not been in not mm. fringes because Gareth Southgate has had him involved in a lot of squads yeah. when he's been available mm-hmm. I love the fact that he still wants to be the number one so much as David's there and Dean Anderson's there yeah. he's going to be fighting tooth and nail to get to get the number one spot and rightly so he's not come here just to sit on his backside yep. same as Lee Grant 
It's, a, it's an incredible goalkeeping setup we've got, isn't it? All right, should we have a look at some emails? Yep. Cool, got an email here from David McGuinness who says, Hi guys, love everything you are doing. You are making lockdown a million times easier listening to some of the old stories from some of our heroes. The Albert Morgan podcast was just class. The Sunderland story was amazing. Can't believe that story has never been told before. I'm sure all United fans would love to hear from Roy Keane. That would be brilliant. Keep going with everything, guys. Take care and stay safe. David, thank you so much. Helen, you were recently on a train with Roy Keane, I believe. Hmm. You can't move for bumping into Roy Keane. I know. And it's the same with Dennis Irwin. I always bump into him. But the difference is, I always have a little chat to Dennis Irwin. Dennis is great. Why wouldn't you want to chat to Dennis Irwin? Are you scared of Roy Keane? Mm, Who's not scared of Roy Keane? He was on the carriage home from London, but he was deep in conversation with, I presume, someone who he didn't know. And I just felt it was rude to go up to him, Mm. you know? Remember at the start when you were like, oh, you've only booked one guest? Well, where's Roy Keane, Helen? How many times have you got to bump into him out in the wild before yeah, you get like us Roy Keane? Yeah, but when I say bump into him, I'm in the same place that he is. I don't physically bump into him and go, oh, you've never met me. Why don't you come on our podcast? Oh, can't get Roy Keane. Can't get Johnny Evans. <laughs> but yes, he was on my train, but I didn't speak to him. Okay. Another email here, guys. Ted from Bangkok says, it's nice to hear your latest podcast episode with Chicharito which I have been patiently waiting for for four months. I really hope your team members are doing well and very much appreciate your work to bring good stuff in every episode to enjoy for the fans. As a long-time United fan, I love to hear back-scene stories of players and managers, which you constantly provide in your podcast. I am sure everyone requests a new episode with Ronaldo after his return after 12 years, which I'm always looking forward to. That's another one we need to add to the bucket list, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the last time I felt this type of feeling by watching United players was Cantona, Van Nistelrooy, young Ronaldo and Wayne Rooney. We only witnessed 17 to 19 year old Mason Greenwood so far and I couldn't imagine how he will be this coming season with the team in the future. Uh, the future is bright for United and England teams. Thank you very much indeed for your email. Uh, last one here from Dai who says, thanks for finally inviting Chicharito. Now it's time to invite Three Lung Park for the pod. Please, yes, I'm going to pest you with weekly emails. Bring it on. Uh, we would love to get him on the podcast and we will try and do that for you. Um, who knows, might be coming up soon. Not a spoiler, that isn't planned. Um, thank you very much as always for listening to the podcast. If you have a suggestion for us, or if you want to send us any feedback or anything, um, it's unitedpodcast at manunited.co.uk, the address in the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe and you can listen to this first on the official Manchester United app. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.